0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim and Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Wednesday episode. We do have Shannon away still because she is caring for those elders of ours in need of care. So we're going to do a prayer today. As we talked about in yesterday's show, we need to pray On a daily basis, for the things that matter for the people around us and for their care, health, well being, and also for our legislature. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and our ability to reach out to all of our listeners. And thank you for those listeners that send us back feedback on the show. And Lord, I want to pray for those that we hear about from our listeners that are in need of comfort and better health. Lord, that you be with them and their caregivers, that you give them peace and comfort in this difficult time for them. And Lord, I also want to pray for our legislators, as we had talked about yesterday, and I I want to continue to pray for them. Lord, remind me, please, to do that. I, I pray those legislators in the days ahead of them meeting our representatives, that they meet people that would help them seek wisdom, that they would meet people that they're supposed to be representing and see how their job is to represent, not lead, to humbly serve the residents in their community, the citizens in this state, with ethics and with common sense. In Jesus' name, amen. So it is still the first week of that new year, and I'm sure there's many out there that have already forgotten their new year's resolutions because things done uh, whimsically go away quickly and those new year's resolutions only stand if you're dedicated to them so on the show we resolve to pray every day in our inspiration and I think that one of the things that we need to be resolved in is being resolved and what I mean is being steadfast to things not just giving up because, well, yeah, I thought about it. It was a great resolution to to do that this year, but yeah, it'll be too hard to keep track of. So let's let's be resolved in things that matter that we can actually accomplish. And, you know, thinking about our leaders, thinking about praying for our leaders as we talked in yesterday's show is something that I think we can easily be resolved in. If we pick things that we care about, things that affect people we love or know, looking at what the legislature will be doing. So to prey on issues that we care about, we can take action. And that action's pretty easy. There's a legislative hotline that we can call when we see the legislature doing things, when you hear about things on this show or in other news that the legislature is doing and you can reach out to representatives through this hotline to let them know how you feel uh, about those issues. Legislative hotline is 1-800-562-6000. Again, that legislative hotline is 1-800-562-6000 and we'll be talking a little bit more about the legislature but we also got to look at the city of Spokane right here locally and I know that we are heard in other municipal areas. But what happens in the city of Spokane matters for the region. And we have a new mayor, and that mayor has put forward a few people in uh, you know, looking at continuing the lead of the police force through the police chief. They're going to be grabbing that deputy police chief, and they're going to be putting forward uh, a city administrator to oversee the hiring of a permanent replacement for outgoing police chief Craig Meidel. And that's a process that we all need to be praying about because of all the warnings that we hear about 2024 and the activism, the possible violence in the streets, the things that we have so many concerns for. Of course none of us can physically take action on those things. And that's why we we're we're concerned about those because it's it matters whether you have a safe city It matters for the region whether we allow criminal behavior. So I think we need to be in prayer, but we also need to be as citizens in the city of Spokane reaching out to the city council as well as the mayor's office that we'd like to see a police chief that is focused on law and order enforcing the laws of our city and our state, because uh, a political position, a political appointment is important not just to the political process and representation, but it's important because those tasks that are done by political appointees, especially ones like the police chief, say a lot about the future of our city. We saw in the past police chiefs resigning around the region because of the actions that took place back in 2020. Uh, 2022, we saw there was police precinct buildings Occupied by activists. And that's not something we want to have here. We want to see that we have a police chief that's put in place that can be a leader and lead our police force in keeping peace and order. So I think that's one thing locally here we should be looking at and thinking on. And we can take action by contacting our city council. It's pretty easy to do. You can go to city council meetings in person, they are Mondays. If you want, you can contact your city council representatives, easy to find ways to contact them on the city's website, SpokaneCity.org, right? And of course, going back to the legislature, when we're looking at bills that are coming forward, which the legislative session hasn't even gotten started yet, there is already many bills being proposed. And it's... Important that bills get proposed by our representatives. We also have a lot of bills being put into place that are state agency-driven bills to to solve problems that were created by bills they wanted passed in previous sessions. Because they've got to tweak those those laws to format programs properly so that they can put the state back under uh, you know lawful compliance because they found problems. And, and so those bills are not very controversial. Many of them are just minimal changes, but some bills that look like a minimal change in the law can have pretty large consequences or cost to the taxpayers or unintended consequences. Maybe sometimes they're intended consequences. So we want to be able to be active in those areas. And, and again, going back to the beginning of the show, thinking about areas that you're passionate about, maybe that you specifically know about. Maybe you're a retired teacher and you want to be involved in education and policies, things that you saw over the decades that changed in your field of education. Maybe you're an engineer. Maybe you see things about building codes, fire codes, things that need, that need to be addressed, and you can look at bills that are addressing those things, and you can do that specifically specifically on the legislative website that's leg.wa.gov that's L-E-G.W-A.G-O-V. on that website there's already like 350 bills that have been proposed this year you can go to those bills but you can also look at the specific committees that see bills it's not that difficult of a website to navigate you can go to different bill topics, areas, you know, if you're an economist, if you're a financial advisor, if somebody interested in things having to do with finances and and bills having to do with uh, banking and things like that, there's areas in the website you can go and you can ask for updates when committees will be hearing bills on those topics. And then as the legislative session gets started and more bills are getting proposed, you can go to those specific bills and get alerts into your inbox when the bill's got another hearing coming up or when there's updates to the bill, when there's been changes to the bills. So I don't think we can fight on every topic that we see that there's a problem. I think we have to, you know, like those resolutions, New Year's resolutions, it was something that you cared about, that you were resolved in, So we can't fight on every single issue when there's going to be thousands of bills and maybe only hundreds of them will get passed. This is going to be a a short legislative session, 60 day session. It's also a session that the legislature, the house of representatives and uh, about half of the senators have to rerun for office. So it's a short session so they can get out and campaign in the, the spring and summer of this year. So when we engage with, the legislative process it's important that you know we can comment on those bills online and we can send emails to legislators with our specific knowledge in an area and that's why it's good to be specific trying to fight on every issue you just get bogged down so maybe one of the resolutions that we should have this process of of our local government is that we narrow down how many battles that we take on because you don't want to get bogged down. You want to be focused on where you're going to make the most significant arguments on how government should operate. And that's how we have a good representative government is that concerned people in the community reach out to those representatives. And it's, you know, we have enough of those people do that. It's going to be really difficult for the legislature to go in a different direction. Legislators that have to run for office which is a majority of the legislature since it's the whole House and a good portion of the Senate that have to rerun for office, they're going to be concerned with bills they passed this year. So for citizens to be engaged in the the short session, you can make a pretty big difference on bills that may have the possibility of passing because these legislators have to face those bills and work that they did over the legislative session – while they're campaigning. And one of the big things that they're going to be facing while they're campaigning is most of the legislature that's currently there that was elected a few years back have to face the fact that there has been an effort to repeal Washington capital gains tax and other initiatives. And uh, we'll go to the Seattle times article that was published uh, the day before the end of last year. Or on the day of the last day of last year, the six initiatives pursued by Let's Go Washington are part of a larger effort to push back on legislation passed by the Democratic controlled legislature. The group's goal was to get all six on the November ballot on Thursday afternoon. 424,896 signatures for the sixth and final initiative, which advocates for allowing people to opt out of Washington's long term care program established by the Washington Cares Act were turned in. This allows people to opt out. Allowing people to opt out could fiscally undermine the program, according to Jessica Gomez, campaign manager of We Care for Washington Cares. So Let's Go Washington was Brian Haywood, put about $6 million into signature gathering efforts with paid signature collectors and volunteers. And he said, I'm putting this out there for a vote, Hayward said this week, let's give everybody a vote on these. And if they don't pass, if I'm wrong and the people don't support these ideas, then the people have spoken. And I think that's an important aspect of the initiative process is it allows the people to speak. And in Washington state, it seems that oftentimes the voters overturn the legislature, which boggles the mind of how these people keep getting reelected. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. Thank you to all the listeners that listen to the show so we can all stay informed on what's going on here on the Right Spokane Perspective. We also want to thank all those who contribute to keep us on the air. All those contributions go directly to the cost of our airtime and production of Right Spokane Perspective. Again, you can help us out by going to Right and contributing. Also, make those checks payable to Right Spokane Perspective LLC. Send them to P.O. Box 7620-99207. We appreciate all those contributions to keep us on the air. Also, this year, we're looking at maybe having local businesses. That's right, local businesses that are conservative, Christian, common-sense-minded businesses that want to advertise to you, the listeners out there. We also like to help listeners find those good small businesses that we can support. Again, RightSpokanePerspective.com. Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207. Back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Wednesday episode. Yes, the legislature will be in session, so hold on to your children, your values, and your wallet. This legislature, obviously, you know, the elected officials that have been elected over and over will be hearing from the citizens through these citizens' initiatives, those six that were put forward by Let's Go Washington. And they're going to have to campaign somehow ignoring the voters here in the future because I think that these things are going to be on the ballot with them. And the legislature can either put these initiatives into law or they can not act on them and let them go to the voters. Of course, they're going to probably just let them go to the voters. And then they'll be campaigning with those issues on the ballot with them. So why do we keep electing the same people that keep on putting laws into places that we as citizens collectively voters vote against? And and I think that's obviously the large amount of power that lobbyists have special interest groups have. So in Washington state, we've seen these initiative gathering things over the several decades to save us large amounts in taxes and uh, big regulations, the growth of government, because we just can't afford it anymore. They talk about poverty. They talk about the homelessness. But what's the cost of living in Washington versus other states in in the country? Some of that we have to point to government. We have to point at the things that are increasing the costs. And, of course, you hear from politicians, oh, it's just greedy corporations. And, and, of course, yeah, there's greedy corporations. But what has been the thing that has limited competition? Government often gets involved in areas where they limit competition because of regulation. And then it allows greediness in the corporate realm because they don't have competition that offers a similar product or service at a lesser cost or at a more common sense cost, if you will. So there's a bill that's being proposed. It's, it's kind of interesting because we've seen a number of bills proposed by the Washington State Treasurer in Olympia, and I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Actually, maybe I will. Washington State Treasurer Mike uh, Pellasiotti, I think is how you say his name anyway state treasurer he had put forward a bill that we had talked about previously in math skills and financial literacy p- putting a bill together so that children have to learn financial literacy in the k-12 education system which to me sounds like a great idea. I know there's going to be pushback by the teachers unions but you know it'd be interesting to see financial literacy play out in the next generation when it comes to governance, because many of the bills that are gonna be contested, that passed, bills that passed in the past, that are gonna be contested by the initiative process in the next election cycle, have a lot to do with fiscal responsibility and the spending of money. So the new bill that the Washington State Treasurer put forward was talking about poverty. And it's interesting, aspect the way that this was laid out in the media that half of Washington babies are born into poverty now this was a spokesman review article that was put out Christmas Eve front page top of the Sunday paper half of Washington babies are born into poverty I I look at that and and immediately before I read the article I had to think about young parents babies being born The best time to have a child is not when you're 55 and your retirement is already planned. That's kind of past the biological clock for parenting. And of course, you don't want to be raising children in your home when you're in your 60s anyway. You'd probably like to grow old enough to see your grandchildren. So a lot of children are going to be born into families that are just getting on their feet that are just getting into the workforce and you know maybe are just graduating college or it, that kind of thing. So I, I, I try to take out some of that fear-mongering or uh, the, the spin of the, either the press or people that are pushing legislative issues. And that's one of the things we have to be cognizant of. And when we're praying for wisdom and discernment, we have to stop and think sometimes what's the real issue here? And what's interesting with this bill is that they want to create a Washington future fund. It would create a trust fund program for roughly 40,000 children born each year under the state's Medicaid program, Apple Health. So 40,000 children, they're looking at creating a, a program that would, you know, people talk about the trust fund babies, right? Well, this would create a, an avenue through government spending that would create trust funds for roughly 40,000 children a year that are born into poverty. Now, looking at poverty, you look in different places in the world, and what we call poverty here in, in America is nowhere close to where poverty is at in many, many places in the world. So you look at the federal poverty rate, well, most of Spokane is in the under the federal poverty line. And I, I think it was like $56,000 a year. And of course, that number is rapidly changing because of the inflation that we've had recently. But I, I'm pretty skeptical about bills that try to improve the lives of individual citizens, you know, through these massive programs, because what we've seen in the past is, well, we're going to, you know, the war on poverty, we're going to get rid of poverty. Well, Washington already has one of the most robust welfare systems in the country, which is why the federal poverty rate is at such a high level of income for Washington state for people that would receive welfare benefits, which is why, according to this article and the state treasurer, these 40,000 children that are born using Washington state healthcare subsidies while the subsidy rate is so low for one, another, the poverty in Washington state needs to be at a higher income level, because the cost to live in Washington state is higher than many other states because of high taxation and government regulation. So we're going to create a program, we're going to tax citizens, and they're going to say, oh wait, we're going to tax different citizens. Well, we're all going to pay the taxes. If they add taxes to the guy that does your plumbing, you're going to pay for it. If they only tax the, you know, small businesses that serve you in your community, when you go to that small business, you're going to be paying that tax. So creating a program that will spend, according to this article, $125 million annually they're going to put a $4,000 trust in place that they think will grow to $15,000 by the time the recipients turn 18. Well, what are they going to tax? I mean, one of of the things that they want to tax in the legislature is capital gains, right? That's one of the initiatives that we're looking at overturning. Well, of course, yeah, but that was taxing capital gains in higher dollar amounts. Okay, so they want to... Tax the trust fund babies, but who's to say eighteen years from now or twenty years from now, when this program's rolled out, they're not going to tax all capital gains, not just those under two hundred thousand a year or whatever the number is they want to put on it from year to year. You look at the the healthcare act that they put into place for the long term care act that was taxing every single citizen in Washington and citizens that live in other states that work in Washington, they're paying a tax into a subsidy program that they'll never benefit from. Or if you work in the state and then you leave the state, you paid in to a program that's supposed to be geared towards your individual long-term care that you will never receive any of the proceeds from. So again, taxing the citizenry in the hopes that there's going to be less people in poverty only impoverishes more people because of the taxes that they have to pay. And those taxes then reduce their income and put them under that poverty line. So it's a self-licking ice cream cone here. So I I don't think creating another giant program is going to be the way to go because we've seen the effects of many of these massive programs. So again, we need to pray for our legislators. Yes, it sounds good to use government to help the needy except it seems we create more needy because we train people to operate on government programs instead of pursuing things that benefit them and bring them into a more prosperous position so you know i've, I've got to close out the show with yes pray for our legislature talk to our legislature. If you've had experiences with programs or, or Apple Health, talk to the legislators and let them know what your what your thoughts are. I know my thoughts are we have very generous welfare programs in this state, and if we just create trust funds that give a child $15,000 when they turn 18, eh, it might help some pay for college to get started. But that's not enough money even for, you know, that's barely enough money to get into an apartment. And then how do you pay for that apartment if you were actually in poverty and you don't have the skills moving forward? I am in favor of this state treasurer's other bill of teaching financial literacy in schools because then they don't have to depend on government programs that for the most part don't have good outcomes for the citizens. So yes, teach a man to fish because then he'll catch fish and he'll feed his family. Teach a man to enroll in a government program, and then he learns to rely on government programs. That's what I would say to legislators, but you guys all have your own opinions. That's why you should contact the legislature. Maybe contact your local legislators before they even go to Olympia here in the next uh, week and maybe pray with them, give them your support on standing up for the right things and maybe let them know that your New Year's resolution is that you're going to contact them when you see bills that you know better and you're going to educate them. So again, we're going to pray for legislators and we're going to have that up on our website. A way to pray for them, we'll have a list of all the legislators and that's uh, a com you can go grab that list. It's not available yet, but it will be in the coming weeks and throughout the legislative session. We're going to be praying that the good triumphs and that evil is resisted. And we're going to ask God for chaos for the enemy, not for us, not for our representatives and not for our children's future, but for the enemy's plots. We want chaos for the enemy's plots, and we are going to be standing behind our legislators with prayer for discernment, wisdom, and we're going to be educating them on the issues that we know about so that they don't fall prey to the same mistakes of the past. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow.
1: Here are the city on the hill Said one old man to the other It once bright and it would be shining still But they all started turning on each other You see the poets thought the dancers were shallow And the soldiers thought the poets were weak And the elders saw the young ones as foolish And the rich man never heard the poor man speak And one by one they ran away With their made-up minds to leave it all behind And the light began to fade In the city on the hill The city on the hill Each one thought that they knew better But they were different by design Instead of standing strong together, they let their differences divide. And one by one, they ran away with their made-up minds to leave it all behind. And the light began to fade in the city on the hill.
0: You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.